What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of V2 Sports. As you know, last, what was it, Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was Tuesday, we dropped the last episode of actual on the court before we get into SEC tourney play. And no, don't be discouraged. That's the next episode you're going to hear. But y'all, y'all should already know what today's episode is. It's none other than the recap. And all I can say is uh, I've told you so like four times this season. Just stop yeah, fucking doubting That's me. great. Stop. Stop. We don't want to hear it. Stop doubting me. I, I, you know, just, just let the viewers know before we get into the episode, every single time the weekends, I get a call from Jason around four-ish on a Saturday, and he'll be like, there are three things in life that are guaranteed. Death, taxes, and Jason picking the upset versus Alabama. And guess what happened again? <laughs> and I just, it almost makes my day, because I laugh to myself. I'm like, he's, he's, he's getting more and more accurate, and it's scaring the shit out of me. I oh, write God. the fucking scripts, people. Stop testing. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, so y'all will notice we do have one absence for this episode, and that's because he uh, he called out like two minutes before the episode started, and that was Jackson. So enjoy this very calm episode of V2 Sports, where Will is actually going to be leading us. So take it away, Will. So yeah, we're gonna be recapping last week's SEC basketball play. And the first game that we're going to talk about is Florida versus Georgia, where the Florida Gators topped the Georgia Bulldogs 77-67. Any thoughts? Georgia is disappointing me more and more and more. I just, like, this is a Florida team. This So, on one hand, the only thing I could give them credit for was just the first time Florida decided to run a small ball lineup so they technically didn't have any film on it. And it also turned out to be one of their statistically best lineups they could run. But at the same time, when Castleton is out and you're at home and you need to win, you gotta take advantage. Like, there are so many times where I'll look at Georgia's stat sheet and there will be multiple starter starters who just have zero points. And I don't understand that at all. Because Georgia is bad. They thought we getting won. rid of Tom Crean was going to fix the problem. And it did. It fixed it slightly. But it's not the answer they wanted. Let's be They honest. did win 10 more games than last year. They won 10 more games, but they still didn't make a turning push. I mean, I, I, mean, know that I don't expected. think Georgia fans were expecting a tourney run year one. Well, point though is, even if that's the case, we should have seen a win here. Bottom line, yeah. this is a Castleton-less oh, Florida yeah. Gators team. I just no, I do, this is a game you I have think, to win. Like, if we're talking overall, I think Georgia met expectations. They're growing. You're seeing the development. Next year, you'll see a better record. But I do think this is one of those games that you have to lock in. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now you must speak. I, I actually think the opposite. I think Mike White, he's just not a very good coach. I feel as if with the Bulldogs, they're just going to face kind of stagnant with their record. They're never going to be better. They're never going to be a March Madness team. Like, get in, in my eyes. Mike White is a great recruiter. He's just not a great coach. He can give you a top 15 class every year, but when it comes to winning games, he will not put you in the top 25. Games with a bunch of bombs. When you have, when you have, what do you call it? Colin Castleton, their best players out. You're at home. That is a must-win game. 
I don't care how bad your team is. The Gators are not a good team. You're pushing you for an NIT slot. You need to win that yeah, game. But, yeah. You, but you is not really, good. I'll give them that. Better is. Out. But if you take a bad team against a bad team, and then let alone take out one bad team's best star player, like you, by that, far. Is a, that is a must-win game, and it's unacceptable that they lost that. And this wasn't just like a close loss. They lost by double digits and nearly gave up 80 points. Which, like, well, in basketball, at, at least this year, we're seeing more of a game where we're not seeing as high-scoring 80-point games we used to. Because usually 80 points were, was usually the norm when it came to seeing offenses in basketball in college. That's not the case anymore. It's more like 70-ish. So this was just, again, lackluster. And, and it wasn't even the whole game. But Georgia, Georgia, Georgia shot 34-34 in the second. Georgia shot 18% the but Gators shot more half, than double. I do, I do feel like we have to move on, though, to the next game because we, we spent a little bit of time in that. Let's go ahead and um, move to the next Texas one. A&M. Go Texas for it. A&M beats Ole Miss by eight points, 69 to 61. Nice. No. Uh, they again, they scored like, the honestly, perfect amount. I don't really need to even explain this game. This is like it's the same game every single time for Ole Miss. The same thing every time. The close game, they lose and it doesn't really matter the opponent. They just lose close games every time. It's actually crazy because they almost shot more than twice like three-point percentage-wise. Texas A&M shot 22%. Ole Miss shot 41% from three. They doubled their three-pointers and yet they still scored less points. That just that amazes me. Yeah, I think what came like came down to it is fouling. See Texas A&M like twenty free throw attempts. That's what's, just and what's funny though is Wade Taylor and Radford played awful. They played horrible. Five for twenty and two for eleven. Like they must have watched Tennessee film. This was like a okay, poor okay. shooting. You can't put this on a poor shooting performance. Look at the turnovers. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the turnovers. The Eighteen turnovers, turnovers from Ole Miss compared to five by Texas A and M. Come on. And well, no, even the point, then, you, the, point the point is, is only lost by eight. That's I'm why only, they won. Points I'm only talking about individual talent here, and I'm saying that it's embarrassing to shoot five for twenty and two for eleven. It it's also like night. Ole Miss only had one double-digit score. Matthew Morell put up twenty-six. Out of their 61 points, 42% of their total points accounted for one player. Not one other person scored double digits. The next truly. closest person were Miles Burns and Theo Akuba, and they both had seven. Oh, no, never mind. James White had nine. That's my bad. Oh, God. Two more. Like, if there's one thing that we have to understand, and it's something that Ole Miss fans and Faith will have to understand as well. Because we've been saying it for a couple months now. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you need to go ahead, and it does not matter what sport, you just need to pray that springtime comes around a hell of a lot earlier every year. Because it seems to me that your football program and your basketball program seemingly find a way to piss their pants and let you down every single season. Mm. But y'all want to go ahead and move on to the next game? I feel yes. like this one was pretty... Pretty simple. It was but so in the next game, Tennessee absolutely dominated Arkansas. This was one of Tennessee's most impressive wins of the year. Shit. I'd go that far. I'd go that far. They played. And guess who only played three minutes? They 
He tore oh, his ACL. You and they played the best game of the year. Gentlemen, uh, first off, I will say my condolences to Zakai Ziegler and his family. Although we make jokes about players on this show a ton, you never want to see a player injured. That's That has never been something that we laugh at or think in any way is comedic. This I, is It's a sad thing, and we always... We always hate that. No. But I will say. Go for it. Is it any coincidence that the guy who misses a lot of shots and accounts for a lot of bad possessions, when he goes out, ends up, we end up seeing a game that Tennessee not only has probably one of their best offensive games, but also one of their best defensive games against a really good team with all their players back. Okay. Before we get into actually the deep dive, I want to let y'all know this right now, and it was not me wishing this on him. I called this, like, last week or a month ago. I said, won't it be some shit for Tennessee to beat Alabama in basketball, and then the second-to-last game of the regular season, their quote-unquote star player tears his ACL... And ruins the hopes and dreams of the whole team. Okay, here's the thing. I like that's different though because Hendon Hooker was a lot more of value. I called to the it football in team. basketball too. No, I know, but I'm saying though that it's a difference because even though it's impressive that you called it, I am saying that calling Zakai Ziegler the lone star like Hooker was is not fair because okay. Tennessee has a bunch of very solid players. Okay, they have you, solid you players. Can't... I'm getting that, but look at it. We've been sitting here and making fun of Santiago Vescovi all year because dude, like, rarely fucking plays offense, and he's the point guard. Mayshack comes in because Zakai went down. Okay. He had six points. The two other guards, Josiah Jordan-James, who I don't even understand how he's a guard. He's like 6'6", 6'7". He comes in, plays 29 minutes, 11 points. It's literally not like there's anything else because just like Hendon was for Tennessee, there's a poster boy. And the poster boy for the basketball team was Zakai Ziegler, and the poster boy for the football team was Hendon Hooker. Second game before the end of the regular season. Even though poster boy, sure, the difference is the impact. I don't think Zakai Ziegler's impact was just the, to the level that Hooker's was for the football it team. It was to the level that it was. But he's negatively affected. Exactly. It just wasn't a positive. No, effect. I don't want to speak ill of oh. injury. Well, if but... we're going that way, then sure, absolutely. <laughs> if we... That's what he's talking about. If we're... You know what? I apologize then. If we're putting it that way, y'all, then fair I enough. told y'all at the beginning of the episode, I write the fucking script. Okay, just hear me out. Okay, then. Um, as you stuck to your usual script format, that Tennessee shot twenty five percent from three, only going four for sixteen. <laughs> Do yes. the math. Yes. And you also saw that they did not have that many turnovers. Yes. Arkansas had 16, which is not not good. It's not good. And although Tennessee had 10, bottom line is in turnovers that even though it's only a six-point difference, that margin can be incredibly important to winning or losing a game. But in this case, it doesn't really matter because Tennessee nearly won by 20. So, so let's move this, on to this. It's just a great game. game yeah, Tennessee just won a better, a better like, Team game, they had what they ten more as a team. They actually they had ten more assists. So, 
But yeah, next game. Uh, I guess so, Jackson's glad he doesn't have to talk about this. <laughs> so we have, and actually, they did in the year hot. The hot South Carolina Gamecocks tried <laughs> to go, tried to go beat Mississippi State, who was trying, but Mississippi State's NCAA tournament bids. So the script was relatively the same. Tola Smith and Shaq Moore played well. They shot bad from three, and South Carolina didn't really do anything outside of Gray and Gigi Jackson. So, is this the so, first game all year Mississippi State shot bad from three and won? And one no, game. Bit... Oh, now there've been a couple, but not many. It's it's a rarity. Shows the <laughs> well, level shot of bad from three and beat LSU. My bad. Yeah. Point is, it shows the level of talent that South Carolina has. But point no, is, this was Nothing one of the most. Or you got yeah, it. Yeah. Or, okay. Um, this is one of the most important games, Mississippi State, because now, or we'll we'll move on just a bit when we talk about their next game. But right now, if they didn't win this, they would not make the tournament. But now, all they have to do is win one game in the SEC tournament, and they're in March Madness. So, to do that with a first-year head coach, should that happen, pretty damn impressive. Especially considering that they didn't really have any. They didn't have any five-star recruits. I don't even think they had any four-star recruits, just a bunch of transfers mm-hmm. and people staying, and a ton of people left. It, so it was to be able to do portal. that. So for them to be able to do that with the defense that they have is incredible. Like, that just shows how good young coaches are. I said it since day one when I saw Jans get signed to Mississippi State. That was going to be a W sign, and it's looking like that. Once his recruiting goes up, who knows what that – defense and potentially their shooting will be capable of but i mean if, if we're being realist here nobody expected this type of turnout from south carolina either we've been shitting on him all year gg jackson and he scored the most points for him at 22 nobody expected south carolina to keep it this close if we're being honest agreed so props to them but mississippi state has definitely been an extremely underrated team all year they're a team that you couldn't really bank on to show up in big moments but when it comes to games that like that matter toss-ups and that matter shit they'll usually take it yeah ride mississippi state all the way to the bank but let's go ahead and move into the wednesday slate so on the wednesday slate we got missouri survives against lsu tigers beat the tigers tigers beat the tigers uh uh, like, first off, KJ Williams recently has been playing really good. Like, he has stepped up for LSU so much. Like, in just a new level. 24 and 14. Like, that's that's incredible. But also, I mean, it's, it's showing the, that even though LSU is essentially, I mean, they're not good. One worst, if not the worst teams in the SEC. But just like Ole Miss and just like South Carolina, they still compete. They still make games relatively close. And I think that once they start to really get their team together next year, a lot of these like toss-up close games that most teams need to take, they'll actually start to win. And then you'll start seeing a much different record. They'll make them look much better. The fact- I mean, like another thing was Missouri came out really slow. And I don't think they just showed up at the beginning of this game because they were down to 
Missouri really overlooked this game, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. They came in thinking that it was going to be a walk in the park. LSU had other plans. And as soon as they went to the locker room for half, somebody lit a fire under Mizzou's ass and said, this is LSU. Uh, One of the worst teams in the conference. You shouldn't be losing by 13 at half. You really should. If there's one stat that lost LSU the game. Do you guys know what that turnovers. is? It's it gotta is be turnovers. turnovers. It is turnovers. Sixteen turnovers. That just uh, LSU, LSU shot fifty percent from three though. To be fair though, they only made four more threes than Missouri did, I mean, so that's yeah. not that much of a difference. It's again turnovers. Fast t- most college teams succeed off of turnovers because those lead to easy fast break points. Getting the easiest shot and accumulating points where you're not taking up much of energy and they're high percentage shots because they're just layups. I mean, they win you games because we're not going to be seeing high level elite offenses in college. If anybody's looking for that, I'm sorry to say, but you are not going to find that. This is college basketball. This is not professional. Offenses are going to look a lot worse. I also want to let everybody know every single one of the top teams besides like Alabama. If the team is, like, top six in the SEC, you best believe that a transfer, someone who did not play on their team last year and was not fresh out of high school, is leading their team in some stat, whether it be points, rebounds, or assists for the whole season. Yep. The transfer portal, as much as it's overlooked in college basketball, has the same effect as it does in football. Yeah, that's that's basically yeah, how the that. Florida Gators team has been built. Castleton, Fudge, uh, trying to think of more Collier. Hell, that's how Mississippi State's entire team was built. Besides, like the four people that stayed: Tolu Smith, Shaquille Moore, besides, besides, like, besides like Kentucky, every SEC team is like borderline who filled did, out. Who did Alabama points. take from the portal? That Villanova uh, got point guard. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, point is the close game. Missouri still got it done. They're going to be a tournament team, and they always win those close games. So good for them. Next game, I want to I want to start this one off real quick. Uh, we saw we saw a battle of the Wildcats and the Commies. We thought the Cats would pounce. They did not. They did not. Here's the main reason why I'm impressed about this. Y'all did not only win against the 23-ranked Wildcats. Y'all did not only win against Oscar Shibway. Y'all did not only win um, away at Big Blue Nation, but y'all won without your guy, Liam Robbins. Vanderbilt played defense. Vanderbilt, they did, but there was a story here. It was the story of Wright and Lawrence shooting the ball. Actual. Four for four from three, two for three from three, and both of them shot over fifty percent, well over fifty percent from the field. And another well, thing to point out, Vanderbilt in this game was they were pretty efficient. I'm not saying that nine turnovers is incredible, but I am saying to keep it under double digits against a team like Kentucky on the road in a game that's really important to whether you make the um the NIT or not, or really the tournament, because you're going to look at the bracket for the SEC. This was a big game, like a, a really big game. I think it was quad one. So 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I mean, to do that without your best player is unreal. I, you mm-hmm. know, like Hack a Shack, you got all these Hack a Ben Simmons. Well, you look at this game, it was Hack a Tashibli. He shot 15 free throws. If he made two more of those OT, you could say Kentucky wins the game. They fouled them 22 times. They felt like a shack though, because he's not a bad free throw shooter. Eleven for fifteen isn't terrible. If he made if he made three more of them, they would have won the game. Okay. I'm going back well, to maybe. this as well. well Vanderbilt uh, Then again though, he also was the main player. He had twenty rebounds and twenty points. Vandy fans, Vandy boosters, Vandy coaches. I don't know what you gotta do, but something tells me that y'all have to keep the last name right somewhere associated in your athletic uh <laughs> You know, buildings or stadiums or even your training room for the next fifteen Apparently, years. Working out for the you. Last name right has single-handedly saved your ass from being a laughing stock in both football and basketball this year. So, good shit. Keep it up, right, boys. What amazes me though about all of this is um the so. Kentucky dominated the glass. Like they had yeah. forty-eight rebounds. Like you don't see, even though I know Oscar Sheboy account for twenty of them. You still don't see for any college team nearly fifty rebounds, and like two fifths of them coming from an individual player. Like you so, you losing that. Like for me, as much as I like credit Vanderbilt, this is such an embarrassing loss for Kentucky. You lost to Vanderbilt without their best player at home dominating in nearly every stat you can being um rebounds uh i think fouls but i'm not 100 percent sure yeah yeah and fouls too and yet you still couldn't win and it was because you shot absolutely terrible three for 19 from three 19 for 59 which is 32 percent from the field it just i mean i know i always bring up just the most basic of stats stats but they always tell the story. You can at least find one basic stat that will tell the story. And with the SEC, it really is it's so easy to look at these games. All right, well, let's, let's go ahead and move on to the Iron Bowl. So the Iron Bowl... I'm impressed by Auburn. Katie Johnson, of his level of play, I really don't know who so, can Auburn other than a team from Alabama. I wouldn't well, go that far for Katie Johnson. Katie Johnson had 12 free throw attempts, so I wouldn't say he just improved his game. He just got to the line a lot, and that's good because Auburn he used to try. Sure, he did shoot four for five, but still, again, when you get to the line, I'm not going to just give you so much credit. Plus, he's been performing bad recently, so one game, I'm not just going to say well, you've I mean, improved. Like, what's his name? Williams also played good. Finals. Shocker that Wendell Green played bad, but this he only had two turnovers. In my opinion, this was this was a, two things. This the reason why this was a close game. Two points. One, Auburn shot twelve for twenty from three, a rarity, like an extreme rarity. Nearly everybody on their team shot good from three. Outside of, uh, actually, no. Everybody shot good from three. I take that back. Everybody did. But that versus Alabama's eight for 31 from three, which is terrible. And then what I want to point out is the overtime performance. Because as soon as we saw Bama, like, 
Auburn had to have not gone to overtime in order to win this game. But as soon as I realized it was going to overtime, Alabama had it locked for the win easily. Well, Auburn was also playing not... very good defense. I know they gave up ninety, but the shots and they were they were playing they were contesting Alabama very well. They were. There were just a couple. Or well, first off, the whole starting lineup was dominating. Sears, Miller, Clowney, Quinterly. Oh. Technically, I would because he, he plays starter minutes. All of them were just. They were bullying them. But even though they shot bad, especially Miller. Miller shot terrible. As a matter of fact, I think that, yeah, main reason Miller even scored is because he was 10 for 11 from free throws. But then again, make your free throws, so good job. But, yeah, as soon as this went to overtime, Alabama had this win locked because a team like that in your home crowd will always win a game in terms of a battle of, like, not just endurance, but strength of will i guess because even though auburn had more probably to gain from this win this was just this is a rivalry alabama at home does not want to lose to their rival so this is just impressive performance from them and over time auburn i think this is basically what auburn could have done this was like they're close to max potential other than maybe a couple players shooting a bit better Cough, cough, Wendell Green. They couldn't have really done much better than this. This is about what they can do. Both teams played impressive. Yeah, it was a great game. I I can't blame either team. I will say this. Auburn needed at least one of the two wins, and we'll get to the other one in a second. So I will say that for this week's and weekend slate, I'm impressed. They really impressed me. But y'all want to move into the Saturday slate? Yes, the Saturday slate will start off with our favorite Mississippi State Bulldogs losing to the Vanderbilt Commons by five. I watched this game because I knew the significance of it. I was very confident that this was probably the Bulldogs' most important game all season. What did I tell you? And congratulations, you got one prediction right. But there are a few things to point out. One is the fact that Vanderbilt, or, well, not Vanderbilt, I'm sorry, the refs did not call anything. Now, for both sides, I'm not giving, like, any advantage to one or the other. This was just a very non-fouling game. They let the, they let they let play. the boys play. And you know what? I kind of appreciate that at times. It, it helps. But there were, there if there were, for what I could explain of why State lost this game... There were a couple key reasons. One, and I'm not going to say Cam Matthews, because even though he shot 0 for 6, because at the end of the day, he was a dog on the glass and he was giving their team chances. That's not the reason. One, Mississippi State's bench is just not reliable. None of them can shoot. None of them can make a shot when they need to. None of them can even create one. That starting lineup is all they got. Two, Jeffries is one of the worst three-point shooters in the SEC. I consistently talk about how you've gone from shooting like 38% from three to now shooting like 22% from three. It just, and he shot one for five today, it, or today, yesterday. It just, he continues to disappoint for this lineup. And I know he had 17 and 11, but still, one for five from three, and some of those mattered. But main point was Mississippi State had a chance to actually win the, or no, to tie the game where Shaquille Moore got an, a relatively open three 
which could have tied it in the closing seconds, but he really poorly shot the ball. I think it was an air ball or close to one if it wasn't. Vanderbilt got the rebound, got fouled, and you know that ended it. But if there's one thing that I can say besides the pressure for why State lost this game, he shot four for seventeen from three. You cannot, you you just you can't win games when you're just gonna conti- continue to shoot awful from three. Like I, I've never, they got forty five re they out rebounded Vanderbilt forty five to twenty four, and you still lost because your shooting is so terrible. How do you out rebound a team by double and yet or near double, and yet you still don't win? I don't get that. You played Vanderbilt without Liam Robbins. You played Vanderbilt with a terrible big lineup, and yet you still lost because your shooting is so abysmal. And now you've put yourself in a situation where if you don't win against Florida in the tournament, you're gone. You won't not make. You will not make the tournament. You're, you've now set yourself to where you have to beat Florida in order to make it. And honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. I mean, yeah. What do you mean? What you don't know what's going to happen in that game? It's pretty simple. <laughs> what? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I just picked somebody back <laughs> off what I was saying right there. He hasn't wrote it yet. He hasn't wrote it yet. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't wrote that in the script yet. I'm actually typing it up right now. No, that's that's beautiful. No, I'm quoting that. Like, it's actually quite simple. Well, what's the reason? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like damn it. You know what? I can I'm, actually say this. I'm sorry, everybody. I just had a lapse of judgment because V2 just got a background check back on somebody who wanted to apply to join, and dude has bro. child sexual crimes against him like he's Jalen Kitna. The bro, fuck? he tried getting my Snapchat. <laughs> Dog. This is scary. So I'm sorry for not here. being here and figuring out what game we're on because I'm sitting here like literally having to tell dude why the fuck did you not tell us this? Here. Well, on, yes. on that great note, oh my God. do we want to talk about Florida destroying LSU? Or just yes, go ahead and go into Florida and LSU. I've got to have a word with our hey, literal speaking lawyers. Of, speaking of Jalen Kitten, let's talk about Bro, you're just trying to raise me talk up. About it. It's kind of working. Uh, so, Florida wow. won this game 79 to 13. They did what they needed to do. They uh, they kind of flip walk in the first half. This has kind of been a team that's so played LSU recently. They kind of just sweep, not sweep, words are hard, sleepwalk through the first half. KJ Williams played good again. And then the second half, Florida. <laughs> Florida scored so, that's really the story of the game. Any other thoughts on this game? Not really, other than the fact that it surprised me that LSU, not even, what, three, four days before this, kept it close. And then it goes to Florida, who's a team who, like we said against Georgia, was just... They they shouldn't be performing like that at all with no Castleton. And then here comes Saturday, still no Castleton in the lineup because he's been out for half the season, and they come in and lose by 12 points. 
KJ Williams is straight having to carry LSU. And yeah, they're going to win like two more games next year, but it's not going to be worth it. Because this year, they they are what Vanderbilt used to be to football for basketball this year. I remember when they were good like two years ago. Come on. Shit. Y'all want to I mean, Luke, Luke mentioned this earlier. Florida's small ball lineup is like statistically been their best lineup. It is. Yeah. In, this, in, this, in the sample size. I'm not saying that LSU is the best team to like judge it on, but still, 12 point SEC win. That's something. And they really and they and they didn't run it as much as they did in the second half and the first half when they were down. Yeah. Only thing I could really say is maybe that LSU didn't really have the film for it, so they couldn't adjust to it. But still, maybe they, I don't know. I mean, like they had depends the on how game. teams play. Depends on how well. Even then, I'm not sure how much they actually ran it with Georgia. And having like no. half a game of film. I watched that game. Enough. They did run. They did run. Okay, even Probably if it was majority, one game of film isn't enough to truly know how they were running the same stuff against both teams. Against that in LSU, and I'm saying that LSU only had one game to look off of, and that's not enough when you're wanting to film or watch film for a new lineup. But still, it's a decent win for Florida. And considering your best player was out, got to give props. So, still, good job. Nothing crazy. It didn't really change anything about the, um, you know, March Madness or the NIT or anything. But is what it is. Uh, you want to move into the, ne- the the next game? Will Old Miss loses another close game to Missouri? Oh, I'm just, let you talk about this one. I'm done talking about it. Just Ole Miss. Like it, it's literally the same fucking story every time. Brakefield has a good game. Ole Miss barely wins, and on the other team, a couple players play exceptionally well, and Ole Miss shoots bad from three. I like move on. This it, it's every. It's every fucking week. Every week. We have to talk about the exact same thing. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say about Ole Miss anymore because it's the same thing every time. Like, it, it, it actually angers me that we have to still talk about them this week because they're just this irrelevant-ass team who consistently sucks. Like, I've never seen a team come this close so many times and not win once. That is just so embarrassing. Like, move on. I don't even want to talk about this. Noah, is is Ole Miss pulling at you? Getting so close and then just selling the fucking bag. <laughs> Noah. Wow. Personally, no. I would not take that level of distance. Uh, hold on. Noah, come on. Seems like you just did. Me. Come on, Noah. Say something, my brother. Damn. Come right. on. No, Noah. Kick so him. I guess we'll move to uh, kick him. Kentucky, Arkansas. Yep, let's go. Kentucky Noah really just, came up. Yeah, Noah just I guess the meanest stray from nowhere and said, "I'm done." He took the level of disrespect. Um, so this time Kentucky really bounced. Yeah. Could you couldn't you say that Kentucky pounced back? Uh-huh. 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 I just want to say, I just want to say, I was in the Knicks game this weekend. We were leaving at the same time as the Kentucky games were leaving the stadium. And they seemed pretty pumped about this win. They seemed pretty pumped about it. Uh, I think I would be too. Well, you're a tad far from your mic. 
but I did hear you and I agree. I mean, like, this is a good bounce back win. I will say this, like, if there's one player to point out, everybody knows who it is, Antonio Reeves. You had 37 points. And funny enough, one reason is because you were perfect from the free throw line. 11 for 11. What coaches literally orgasm for. Congratulations. You did it. Also, Oscar Sheboy didn't really have a crazy game. He had, he had his rebounds, but this was a common Clint Capella game. Not many points, a good bit of rebounds. So it's not like he just went crazy. This was just... It's weird. Because I guess it wasn't really even that Kentucky just played outstanding. It's more that um, Arkansas just kind of sold. They actually like, did. <laughs> you, like, okay. I mean, there were multiple players who basically didn't score. Um, Nick Smith was really the only scorer. Anthony Black played bad. Davis didn't really ball. score. Ricky Count schools shot bad as well. Walsh shot bad, but then again, he was more of a rebounding guy. But still, this was... Arkansas just did not shoot well at all. It's 25 for 70. I mean, oh, God. That is is not good. And, I mean, to top things off, how many times... Or actually, no, I take that back. It didn't really matter. They both fouled 26 times. Like, going to the line meant nothing in this game. It was just pure no-team chemistry... Shots weren't falling, and Nick Smith, really, he comes back from injury. Arkansas looks good again. He's doing everything, and I guess the team relied on him a little bit too much in this game because he still put up, you know, 25 points. But, hell, it's a real defensive problem when you're letting Antonio Reeves throw up 37 on your dome. Like, let's be real. Yeah, want to go ahead and talk about Auburn? Yes, we can. This so was Auburn's best game of the year. I'll go that I have far. a question for you. Yes. Best if I looked you in the eyes and told you that Wendell Green would be the reason Auburn won this game, what would you tell me? We would all say you're crazy. Will, the concussion is not going away. Please take your pills. Your sleep at me, a monster, is not trying to probe you. Please <laughs> go to the doctor. This, this was just an overall great performance from everyone, except for Jasper. You consistently suck on offense. Please never touch a basketball again as soon as you graduate from college. Um, Broom, you shot well. Williams, you shot well. Wendell Green, I must be dreaming because you shot well too. And Flanagan, you shot well. The whole starting Johnson except for Jasper, played good. It wasn't even that the... Um, Jasper the didn't play too Katie Johnson didn't play that great. This wasn't even just a insane... true, but this wasn't even an insane performance from Auburn's bench. This was just a really good starting lineup win. The starters that, lived up to their and potential. This was technically speaking the first game where Tennessee had to go play a team and to start off not have Zakai Ziegler, their leader, their king, their whatever, and. Offensively, it didn't show because you still put up 70, and for Tennessee standards, I'd say that's pretty good, even though I will admit half of the starting lineup played like garbage. And also, Vescovy actually shot well. Like, very surprising. It's just that the defense, I, I'm not even sure if I could we call this unlucky because you never really expect Auburn to shoot this well. I think you could call it unlucky. Like, the last time these two teams played, 
Ziegler was getting cooked on defense, and Auburn still only put up 42. They so I really playing, think – They weren't even playing basketball. It was legitimately like the last game they played was street ball in New York, no fouls, call your own. I they mean, were tackling each other out there. This is just surprising, though, because last game we were clowning on him for just not scoring at all, and this time they actually scored. So I don't really know what I'm supposed to talk about. Well, y'all beat Wait, Tennessee. No great. You played well. Y'all beat I will admit Tennessee is still overrated. In the SEC. Whoa. You're hating on the league. I'm what? Little. Little too much. I, I'm hanging. Get closer to your microphone if you're going to make a, a take like that, please. What'd you say? Exactly. You're, you're hating on Tennessee. Because they are ass. I'm so ass. glad that you can be non-conference team. Above average. But, 12 and predicted oh. to be like a three seed in the tourney. But let's go ahead I was and go say the upset of the week. Yeah, we could go on to the game at Jackson. You joined just in time. Because hey, it's time for me to about... throw this in your face. Nope, 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 nope. Sorry, nope. He's not speaking. No, he's going to nod on air. I wanted, to tell him, right. I wanted to tell him I was being hit on by like a grown man. Brother. Congratulations. But You're being hit well, on by the dude that we just had to like Seth, legitimately cut corners or not cut corners with. The, to, if this was like it, to say just how bad Georgia has gotten recently and how much they've just given up. Not only did they have a 40 to 25 rebound margin, but they lost to South Carolina when they hit not one, but two threes. Two threes the whole game. And they still lost. I, I'm not sure if... It, I, I, Is it the offense? Is it the bench? Is it the will? Is it I, I, I guess they just don't even care about the NIT anymore. They've just accepted the season as a wash. I think after the Florida loss, they do kind of a long shot for them to make you like, touch the tournament. Yeah. So I think they kind of just quit. The hope is just gone. And this was probably South Carolina relatively trying since it would be nice to get a win. But, oh my God, this is just, this was not it. If you ask some Georgia fans, I bet they'd be pretty ticked off about how the way this season ended. I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm just saying they they played, they shot about their weight class in non-con, played very well, and then just collapsed. To be completely frank, I think I want to move on to the main game, considering this <laughs> main Texas A&M. The Aggies that I predicted the upset Alabama won. Wait, wait, did you get it? Did you get it? Before Jason, before Jason explains why he's the script god, I want to explain my logic for why I picked Bama. At the beginning of of the the um, matchup, I was thinking to myself, Jason's gonna pick Alabama because he's gonna pick what everybody else is not gonna say. Because I thought everybody was gonna pick A and M, so I was like, screw it. I'm going to go with Jason this time, and maybe I'll get lucky. And then I was the one to go first, and everybody else decided, Jackson um, picked Alabama. including Jason. No, no, no. J- Jackson, Jason picked – or, well, no, Jackson did pack out Alabama. That's probably one of the other reasons I, I lost. But <laughs> aside from that, um, as soon as I saw Jason 
picked Texas A&M, the team I wanted to pick, I was like, okay, I guess I lost. And even though Brandon Miller shot two for 12 from three, and even though half of Alabama's lineup played like ass, cough, cough, Sears, cough, cough, uh, really the bench, Griffin and Burnett, uh, Texas A&M decided to go crazy, and obviously there was one player who decided, I'm, I'm having my career game today against one of the best talents in the nation. Wade Taylor, the fourth. <laughs> 28 points. Wade... Jason, you could go ahead and finish. Oh, can I, I speak? Can I speak now? Okay, beautiful. I told y'all, every time I pick an upset, and no, I understand that Texas A&M was favored, but every time I pick for a team with a lower ranking to beat Alabama, I am always right. And I've said it three times this episode, I write the scripts. I've wrote the script for Florida to be asked this year in both basketball and football. I wrote the script for Georgia to have three players get criminal charges placed on them at some point in this season. And I placed for Alabama to be ass and lose to horrible teams in both football and basketball. I did it in football when Tennessee beat Bama. I did it in basketball when Tennessee beat Bama. And now Texas A&M beat Bama. And all year long, in the first two episodes, everybody was saying, Jason, take your meds. Jason, your picks are ass. Jason, you're fucking stupid. Let me tell y'all something. After this past week's slate, I want to let y'all know where I reside on the V2 Sports rankings. I'm in second place. Wait a minute. You've actually been keeping track of like all the games. When I got sick last week, I listened to like all of the on the court episodes. Could I actually out of curiosity hear like what the order is? I know what I'm not order? doing great. I'm not gonna give yeah. you numbers, but I will give you the order. Sure. Yeah. First place was actually loot. Oh yeah! Oh, Luke, you yeah. beat me by three games. I do know that. Three. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, we did it. Come again, much higher. I came in second. Jackson beat Will out for third place by one game. That's because I started my pick picking against him too late. I agreed with him too much in the beginning. Dane came in fifth. Jake came in sixth. Yeah, you kind of had you were you your wins totaled more than other people, and you spoke like five times. And uh, let's see, uh, sixth and seventh. So let's talk about Griffin and Kyle and a couple other people who have been let go. They came in dead last. Smokey. As a matter of fact, because he didn't make that many predictions, was actually tied for Will, because I have Will times two in fifth, and I don't, or in fourth, and I don't understand why until now, until I realize both of their names are Will. Where am I? Noah, since you came in so late, you finished under uh, Dane. Yeah. Wait, so I did, get, did I get fourth or close to last? You got fourth tied with Smoke. Well, there was also the week where me and Smokey just kept taking the opposite of what Jackson picked. Yeah, that was that's what I did too. That's what I did too. But we're at the end of the episode. We hope y'all like it. It was a little bit hell. It was still the same length as the others. Sorry about that. 
I'm glad y'all got to hear what I get to do as the owner of this company and background check people and find out that they were charged for sex crimes as a substitute teacher. So I hope y'all enjoyed that little tidbit oh, on today's who's episode. Who's giving the sign-off? Who's going to give the sign-off today? I'm going to let this be a hint. Are y'all ready? This is a certified Oh my god. Go for it. Yo, yo, yo. What is up, V2 Nation? Signing out today, Noah Lustig. Keep listening to V2 Sports on tap. Stay classy. You know, good morning, good evening. I don't know. The sponsors. I don't know the sponsors. Someone say the sponsors. I can say good night. We're not give the sponsors. Am I allowed to give the cut the music? Cut the music. Am I allowed whoa, to give the ones? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, that's only Noah's music. I can't use that. Uh-huh. We go. Well, I'll run uh-huh. that music. Yeah. Am I allowed to give the new sponsors or not? Yes, go for it. Okay, I'll play uh-huh. my theme music. Alright. Starting off. We got uh we got Dubby. You know, a classic. It's as what everybody likes to say, Redville, but like better. If you use the code V2Sports with a capital V, capital S, you get 10% off the first order. And then we got SeatGeek. If you use capital V and then 2 and capital S Sports, you'll get $20 off your first order. And again, you have to make a new email every single time you want to make a new code. But I promise you, it is not that hard. You can even do an email generator and fake it for one-time use. It's easy as hell. Next, we got some more sponsors coming in. Soon enough, we'll be able to give you guys a code for prize picks. Because now, we got them sponsoring us. So, probably next week, you guys will be hearing a code. So, you guys can get some extra winnings on prize picks and keep showing you guys that, keep showing your parents that you should, you know, go to Vegas and win the lottery. And blow all your life savings. I run the economy. Shout out to my boy Plug State Universe because soon enough we're gonna be doing a giveaway slash or well actually I take that back. The giveaway will be with another company, I'll tell you about that later. But shout out to Plug State University's on Instagram. If you use the code yeah, V2 Sports through a DM Yeah, thank you. If you use the code V2 Sports for him and message him via DM yes. Then you can get 13% off your order when you buy jerseys. These are real stitch jerseys for whatever college or professional team you like. But we're always on tap. We're always staying classy. And good morning, good afternoon, and good night from the V2 crew. Free kidna.